0: Hey, this is Richie Marufo from the Barbed Wire Open Mic Series, aka BWAMS, and you're listening to the El Paso Creatives Podcast Show. If you haven't already, make sure to follow them on Instagram, YouTube, and other social media. Without further ado, here's the show. Check it. Hi, my name is Dino Ortega, and I'm a local artist here in El Paso, Texas. I'm here for this episode of El Paso Creative.
1: Awesome, Tino. So just kind of give myself a quick intro. Hey, guys, my name is Isaac Hernandez. I'm your host for the Plastic Creators Podcast Show. Um, We're here at the amazing Galleria Lincoln. They have amazing projects coming up next year and stuff. Um so Tino's the guy, Tino's the owner of the gallery so if you guys ever like are looking for an art gallery or things to come visit, you know, around town or whatever. Or if you're an artist who wants to like be a part of a gallery. Or even
0: know. like hiring an artist too. There so. you go.
1: Even hiring an artist. Make sure you guys hit up Tino and everything. Um Tino just for people who don't know you. I know you're pretty well established and known here in Paso. So I don't, I would say like everybody should know you. But for people who don't, want to just give us stuff like a quick like 2-3 minute introduction. What who is it that you are? What is it that you do?
0: Yeah, so um my story goes back to being out living in the lower valley you know i came from very humble beginnings um didn't come from much um the only thing that i really had as an outlet as a kid really was my artwork mm-hmm. um and being inspired by the neighborhood in the lower valley right there off saragossa and alameda yeah there's that big mural the virgin so i remember being inspired by other people's artwork growing up and It's funny because the reason I started drawing was because I actually uh, I was in daycare and one of the girls that was taking care of us, she asked me, he's like, hey, well, what do you want me to draw you? And I just like me is a little cucky little shit. You know, (laughs) I was thinking like, oh, she's not going to be able to draw whatever I tell her. And so I thought like the hardest thing I could think of at the time. And for me at the time, it was Ninja Turtles. Okay. so I was like, hey, draw me a Ninja Turtle. And so she went and she fucking she whipped one out. I'm like, oh, damn, like. And luckily, I was like paying attention to like every stroke and every, yeah. the way she was pretty much applying the brush and the way she was drawing it out. And it kind of started from there because I yeah. went home and I started drawing Ninja Turtles.
1: You just naturally right. got that feeling of like, I want to be an artist type of thing. Like, I just want to draw, paint, not, and things like that. You not know? necessarily that. I was nope. just
0: so impressed by her. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, she drew a Ninja Turtle. But then I saw it, like the way she was doing it. I'm like, maybe I could do the same thing. So I just tried to copy yeah. her and what she was doing and it just kind of progress from there and it's one of those things where you know like something small in your childhood can spark something really big because mm-hmm. I grew up drawing and having a love for art but I never thought I could do anything with it mm-hmm. um, so I moved out of El Paso when I was 18 Yeah, as soon as I was 18 yeah. I, fucking just moved I moved the hell out uh, I went to go up and do school up in Tacoma, Washington. Yeah. And I lived up there for a couple of years. And before I actually moved there, and while I was there, I was apprenticing at tattoo shops and things mm-hmm. like that. So before I left, I was apprenticing. And then up there, I was trying to apprentice, but nobody would take me on,
1: Yeah,
0: um, which was really unfortunate. And so it's like one of those things where you know that passion of drawing has always been there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it was only when I came back to El Paso that, you know, I, I'd see the flourishing art scene of Seattle, Tacoma, Portland, Vancouver. You see all these big art scenes out there, and then you come back here. This was back in 2007. Damn, okay,
1: and there was nothing and, like that then. And huh? there was yeah. there was
0: some things. There was there was this one place called Mars Hill. Mm-hmm. It's actually right where Tovar Printing is at now. Okay, it used to be like an old fire station, and they used to hold art shows in there. Yeah, that's and, cool. That is cool. That's actually where the, the Law Flight Studios started. So the same guys that were running oh, that spot, they, okay. they got the yeah. spot downtown and it kind of blew up from there. But before that, there was really nothing as much of an art scene unless it was like out there in San Eli. Mm-hmm. So for years, like, you know, you see this art scenes come and go and you see them like peak yeah. and then they just disappear. And then you're like, where the hell did the art scene they go? go? Yeah. And so when I came back and I moved back here, that's when I, it was weird. Like I got a career, I was working on Fort Bliss and then I just wanted to focus on my art. Yeah. and. It's just one of those things where it's like, it's my passion.
1: You don't want to do anything else but art. Well, I was using my
0: job to fund my art supplies because Mm -hmm. art supplies, Mm -hmm. as everybody knows, are not Mm -hmm. cheap.
1: Well, what what art supplies did you start with? Because a lot of people are like, I need that most expensive paint type of thing, you know?
0: Well, I started off with not even having paper in the house to draw. So whatever Mm -hmm. I could get my hands on and create, I would utilize that. So. Sometimes I'd draw on the back of portraits, like, uh, like you know, you'd go to, like, Kmart and take a family portrait or whatever. Like, yeah. I'd, like I'd remember, like, oh, there's a blank sheet on here and drawing on the back <laughs> of portraits and things like yeah. that. It's always, like, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, especially for art supplies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I remember sometimes as a kid, like, there would be, like, literally tortillas and mantequilla in the fridge, and that was it. Yeah. And so, like, we could barely, like, feed ourselves, and then, like, you're talking about art supplies. like oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't really have that luxury as a kid mm-hmm. or anybody that was really artistic in the family either. So yeah. it's just like one of those things where I had to like, I had to evolve with what I had.
1: And when, when was it when like, you told like your, your parents, you're like, Hey, I want to be an artist. Like, especially growing up like that. Like, how did, like, how did they uh, take I it? To, you know?
0: I used to fuck around with my mom all the yeah. time. And like, I don't think she would take me seriously. Or like, she saw the work I was creating and she saw what I was doing because like, I think the first mural I ever did was in middle school,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then was it here? It was or? in what was it? Uh, Desert View Middle School. Desert View. So it's okay. like Al Vista del Sol.
1: Okay, so it was the El Paso. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: And so like that's when I first did my first mural with a collective, and then did my first mural by myself. Mm-hmm. And she saw I had a knack for it, so like all my relatives, when like Christmas would come around or birthdays, like here's some art supplies, and I'd utilize that. Yeah. But it wasn't until like I really got to high school that I got to really develop that a little bit more. But it's just, yeah, it's just, it's nice to have some family members that actually, you know, they, they see what you're into and yeah. they actually pay attention and they're like, okay, we're going to help fund.
1: Exactly. Talent. That's always a good thing. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, there's always people who are like, how would you see, a, like on the other side of it and like if, about people who don't support their, their kids or like their family members as being an artist, like that has a mental toll, like as an artist to be like, yeah, you come out, as like, Hey, I want to be a painter. I want to be a photographer. And, that, and then right off the bat, people are like, nah, like you can't go get a real job. You know, like, how do you take that perspective?
0: um I, Kind of get it from their perspective yeah. Because I took that route I was like how am I going to fund myself mm-hmm. As an artist so that's where I used my career To fund myself but at the same time You know I see individuals that Have lived years Of their life like a majority of their life And they don't even know what they love to do
1: Yeah, And to me that's that true.
0: is crazy mm-hmm. So I can't imagine going Your entire life and not knowing what your life's Purpose was Would not like to me that that like I I'm blessed that I found that at such an early age. Yeah. Um, because I know I'm gonna be drawing and painting till I die. Yeah. I'm not Mm -hmm. I'm gonna like the very last breath of me is gonna be with a paintbrush or a spray can or whatever. Yeah. So to me, I'm like I get it. Like it's important to be able to self sustain. Um, but at the same time, it's it takes a toll on you if you don't Mm -hmm. know what your life's purposes
1: right like what, what is it more than just painting like yeah it's cool it's your it's your passion but what are you yeah. going to do with it you know yeah because there's a lot like, of people
0: that paint but don't have a love for it yeah you know mm-hmm. there's the same thing with a lot of musicians you know there's a lot of people that i know play musical instruments but they don't have that love for it yeah like you know what i mean like just so they just
1: want to play but they don't have like the understanding of the music yeah like, what it is to love it type of thing yeah yeah and uh, i wanted to ask you because you mentioned earlier like you know when you like you had to figure out how to fund it how did you start funding? So let's go back to like the whole backstory, like your first project, maybe like the first, I guess, avenue where you decided you were like, I'm gonna go and pursue this, like to make uh, money, things like that. Like, how was your first funding phase like, like, or your whole first commission type of thing?
0: Oh, well, it's, it's weird. Cause it plays into so many aspects. Cause you know, there's the first time you actually go out and buy canvases and paint brushes yeah. and all the paints. And then there's also times where you're like, it's the first time you're doing a mural so it's been it's been crazy to see like on my first mural it's got it got funded um, mm. a lot of the time i had to donate but it was just part of the learning process and you know like funding projects on my own it's been the same process but you know just except it's coming out of your pocket mm.
1: how did you get your, like your exposure like how did you get people to notice your artwork and like differentiate yourself from like other people who are doing art too
0: um i guess i just I, I don't know how I did it. Like, it's honestly, I've been in the art scene for
1: over 10 years now. Yeah. Cause it I just remember, happened naturally like that just for you type of thing or?
0: Well, I've um, always had the uh, idea of what I want to see and what I want to do, but it's just been where I'm juggling uh, my career. Yeah. I'm juggling a nine to five and then I want to paint murals. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like one of those things where it, it's definitely a lot easier to do when you're single and not with yeah. anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, relationships also take time and they take effort. And it's one of those things where, like, all my effort and time's being caught up with painting and drawing. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where yeah it's pretty much it's a lot of time it's a lot of time Mm -hmm. and it's where you want to have your dedication to
1: and how would you and I love asking artists this question is like when would you know when like your painting is done like is there ever a point where like it's finished or like you always want to add more to it type of thing
0: yeah it's I think um what's his name um the splatter artist oh I'm drawing a blank splatter artist local here no no he's a very uh,
1: famous artist um I have no clue I don't know where is he from?
0: Uh damn I am trying no. to uh, He's a splatter uh, artist. He's played off yeah, like that, yeah. Um I forgot his name. It's going to come to me like after. Uh yeah. but he was like, you know, like when are you done making love? Mm-hmm. that idea is like when do you know when you're done? It's like you like you know you know when you're yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's definitely some aspects where I look at a mural and I'm like, oh I fucked up there. I forgot to put this there where I'm like looking at at it after i had completed it but you know that's that's part of the process like mm-hmm. no piece pieces never really
1: completed yeah you know you could keep going yeah every time you look at it there's something like new that you want yeah like, like oh i it. could do
0: this a little bit differently or mm-hmm. Ooh, if i would have put this color it would have like made you know like yeah you start, it's, it's kind of like reading
1: a book like every time you reread the book you get something new out of it yeah it's like, kind of like that yeah and i also kind of wanted to ask like because you also have this gallery here now and I want to talk about, like, first the story of, like, how you went from, like, you know, becoming, like, a self-funded artist, you know, pursuing that. And then now you have your own gallery. But, well, actually, I'll ask that question now because I have a second question of that. But, like, how did this gallery come to be? Like, how did everything go and everything?
0: Yeah. So it's one of those things where I've always had the idea of opening a gallery.
1: Yeah. And it's weird
0: because I always knew that location was always going to be key in that. Yeah because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that aren't willing to go to the east side, a lot of people that aren't willing to go to the west side, a lot of people that don't want to go to northeast. Mm -hmm. Um, So you need something that's generally located within the city.
1: central. yeah.
0: Yeah, so to me, location was always key. And I was always thinking like, oh, I should open a gallery there in a mini mall. And it'd always be like, no, it's too far. Just little things. So I was working at a... I was working actually overseas where I was doing 70 on 70 off in Iraq. And I had a lot of expendable income at the time. And it's funny because Diego, he came up, he just told me, he's like, he's telling me about all these relationship problems he was going through. And (laughs) eventually at one point he was telling me he wanted to move in here. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you're not moving in here. Like to live here? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so he was like telling me all this stuff and I told him, like, you know, like, I think opening a gallery would be a beautiful idea.
1: Oh, that's before you had, like, all the artwork. It was just like a house, house, right? Yeah. So it was a
0: house, house. And um, so when he told me, like, hey, let's open up an art gallery, it'll just be me and your stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's where, like, I stopped him. I'm like, you know what? If we're going to make an art gallery, we're not going to make it about us. Yeah. It's going to be about other individuals. Mm -hmm. Because if you make it an art gallery about yourself, guess what? People come once. They see it, nothing changes for, like, a year, mm-hmm. and then people have don't have an, a reason to come back.
1: Yeah, they're just gonna always assuming the same stuff. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh,
0: i already been there, done that, seen it, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you can constantly change it and mix it up and make it not about mm-hmm. one individual or two individuals, you know, about making it about the community, that's where a lot of the power yeah. is actually placed because, you know, it's one of those spots where you get to actually like put someone on a soapbox and let them scream their lungs off and you know like Mm -hmm. some really good shit has come out of this place yeah it's really crazy so when we first got this place man it was night and day difference Mm -hmm. how you see it now it was totally different i remember
1: yeah you've told me before
0: we were here um yeah because a lot of this i funded myself you know that's where a lot of funding -funding Mm self-funding comes in because this is pretty much a giant it's a art project yeah. well not just that but it's an art project too yeah. in that sense that you know the, it's always changing you always want to like fix little things fix, here yeah, and there. Yeah. so i remember here like changing out the windows you know putting the electrical uh staining the the roof painting the gussets like some of these gussets were they were using i think um molding really for walls and uh-huh. i was like oh no that's like structurally that's shit so yeah. having to like you know, brace the 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 structure a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh putting in a lot of love and effort into this place helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh having that time off helped tremendously too because it took me about 3 months to remodel this place. Yeah. From what it was, like the restroom was just horrible, Not horrible. It was bad yeah. and the front looked nothing like it looks now. Yeah. So it's just about making it Kind of your Aesthetic. vision coming true type of thing. Yeah. yeah, but make it aesthetically pleasing because if people, like, you can have a nice space, but if you don't, if you let it go to shit, you know, it's like, yeah. the point? Like, people, like, people notice mm-hmm. things. It like
1: goes that. back to, like, what you mentioned earlier. It's like, it's like, you got to love it. Yeah. You know, like you gotta love your projects, your art, or else it's not gonna be what you want to become, type of thing. Yeah. So I completely agree with that. And I really love like the dark room too. Another thing things, like the art the interactiveness of it. It's like having that dark room here, it's like none, you don't see that anywhere else. It's just pictures on walls. But like here you have like interactive stuff, like that plane, the yeah. shipping containers, that little dark room.
0: And that's what's cool about it, is that like a lot of people have brought their own love to it. So yeah. we actually had an artist that uh her name was Jupy, and she would have blacklight paintings. And so I remember for the longest time we were showing her paintings off with black lights, like flashlights. Yeah. And then someone just like told us, like, why don't you just make paint, like paint it into a black room and then just put a black light. And it's like, Oh, that'd make it like so much easier. So it just, Mm -hmm. from that, like little idea that people that someone else brings in, you know, you just kind of like manifest it and you're like, Oh my God, this would be perfect
1: here. And you constantly change that up too. How like every time I come at something different in there. Yeah, Yeah. We try
0: to keep the, the black light changing. Um, So just like all the murals in the back, you know, they're Mm -hmm. constantly being, uh, there's like little schedules. Like, okay, we did this one first. We should do that one last. Mm -hmm. So just kind of, uh, change
1: up all the artwork. And how did you get shipping containers in a plane in here? bro? like, that's my biggest question. How'd you get a plane in here?
0: (laughs) It's just about who, you know, sometimes, uh, luckily Jonathan, the owner of the spot that we rent it from, he actually had all of it. So he's like, so he's just showing them like the ideas of what we had. Um, like, we had a really great idea of converting one of the shipping containers into an artisan residency, but you mm-hmm. know, just after a while, you know, funding kind of cuts a little yeah. short. So, kind of went away with that project. But it's just one of those things where we were going to utilize it for other projects and other things. And, you know, sometimes it just becomes something else.
1: Yeah. Because I've seen that thing. Like, you take it out to, like, for example, Chalk the Block this year. You took it out there. Yeah. And you guys were painting on it, things like that. So, like, that's very unique. Like, to just have, like, different stuff that, like, people interact with, people see, rather than just, like, pictures on walls and things like that. Yeah. So, uh, I guess the second question I was going to ask to that one, too, is, like, well, you can answer this in either way. Either it's, like, the, the way you grew up as an artist or the way that you built this gallery as a whole is, what does, like, that one term success mean to you? Like, what is success for you as an artist a creative?
0: um that's uh super subjective because you know everybody has success in their own aspects um so when actually i i came back from tacoma i i made a pact Mm -hmm. with uh with god um so my mom would tell me the story of where she made a pact similar to what i did um where she was failing nursing school Mm -hmm. and she made a pact that, you know, if I, if I pass nursing school, you know, I will sacrifice a portion of myself and do the, the walk to Saneli. Yeah. And so she passed it and did that. And it was like one of those memories I have as a kid was, you know, helping my mom fulfill her pact that she had made. And, you know, when I was living in Tacoma, I ran into the same thing. And I was like, I was in this really, uh, really strict school that we were so heavily regulated by the FAA mm-hmm. that if my grades did below a 90, I was considered failing. And so like, to me, I'm like, Oh shit. So I was having trouble in school. I was working 36 hours a week uh, at Sears. And then I was going to school 36 hours a week. So like, wow. you know, I was busting my ass. Yeah. So like my grades started taking a hit and I made that pact and it's one of those things where it came to fruition so Mm. like i gave myself as much as i could with those walks and then one year where i was actually deployed to colombia and i couldn't make that pilgrimage and so i was like you know i need to give back in another way because i'm not going to be able to give back this year and i was like well what can i give back with and to me i'm like you know what there's so much time dedicated in my art that that would be the perfect way to give back. Mm-hmm. So every year I try to make it an effort to at least give to two or three charities every yeah. year. So just donating myself through my art and putting that love into it. Like, yeah, it's that idea like, okay, I'm, I'm fulfilling this penance mm-hmm. in a way, but at the same time, you know, I'm doing it well with something I love to do.
1: Like your ability to give back is like what your are kind of like your angle is. It's just like, I don't care if I, anything else happens, but as long as I'm giving back type of thing. Yeah, That's a very genuine thing to do. Like that's exactly what kind of what I live by too. Like a lot of people ask me too, like what do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know how to answer that question yet, but I do know that I want to do something with like helping people. Yeah. Like that's all I want to do. Like as long as I help somebody, then that's what matters more than like something else, something like that. And so what, what's been like kind of like the phase where like you for sure saw your art take off, like that thing where like, once that happened, like your art took off?
0: Uh, I still don't see it. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I see it a little bit, but at the same time, um, I don't try. I try not to think of it like mm-hmm. that. Like, I I think it'll, I think I'll be happy when I'm like traveling the world. Right. You know, doing my art. Uh, I, uh, but until then, I'm like, I just, it's cool. It's cool to see so many people react to it. And I'm just glad that I can... Give a voice with my art because if people are looking at me, I, just want to, I might as well be saying something with
1: it exactly. And mm-hmm.
0: so, to be able to do like all these powerful murals of uh individuals that are Chicano icons that are just local heroes, uh, that other people just don't even really know about, you yeah. Know? So, to me, just it's not about me, mm-hmm. you know, it's about you know giving other people powerful that people exposure voice. that that voice. Yeah. It's also about embracing our culture mm-hmm. because it's a big thing. Yeah, I feel like that's a really big um, big aspect of who we are.
1: How, how did El Paso, like, inspire your art? Like, it's culture, it's history and everything?
0: Um, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just inspiring from when we were kids and you don't even
1: know it. Like It's kind like of like you just naturally grew up in it and that's what you started doing, yeah. you know, type of thing. Yeah. And you
0: get so accustomed to it that when you go somewhere else and you don't have that, it's kind of like a culture shock a little bit. Yeah. And just getting to experience other cultures and the way they do things and the way that they are set up as far as living, it can be really humbling sometimes. Mm -hmm. So sometimes like you, especially like moving out and coming back, Imagine, like, not having tamals or, oh or menudo or access to tacos, you know? Dude. Just, like, I remember, like, living you in You got know Seattle. tacos, you
1: shouldn't be there, bro. Well, yeah, I know. That's <laughs> why
0: I'm like, oh, shit. You don't know how long it took me to find a taco spot in Seattle? Really? Oh, my God. It took me, like, years. That's to, crazy. Yeah, just because, like, some of them were, like, really hit
1: and miss, and they were just, like, uh Yeah, like, oh, like, a, like a legit taco spot. Yeah. Okay.
0: And yeah, now, like, it's crazy to see them everywhere now, mm-hmm. but...
1: So, how so how different is that? Because you, you've been traveling through a lot from what you've done. Like, how different is everybody you... Everywhere you've been through compared to El Paso?
0: Um, everybody's... Every place has something unique. Mm-hmm. Um, it, honestly, a lot of the people, you know, there's no place like El Paso. Yeah. And it's just... I think a lot of it, it's where we come from. Mm-hmm. You know, we're a lot of people that came from hard-working families yeah and things like that so i think there's like a lot of respect for that and w- which is weird because you have like a really good mixing of classes here i feel like mm-hmm. you know like from those that are well off mingling to like people that aren't really well off yeah. you know you do have a mixing pot of classes and then cultures cause, I always tell people that the food from El Paso is Mex-Tex. Mex-Tex, okay. Because when you go to Juarez like, or any other part of Mexico, it's totally different from the yeah. Mexican food. Mm-hmm. But it's not quite Tex-Mex Mexican food, you know?
1: Yeah. It, it, it tastes different from, like, Mexican food, but, like, not too Americanized Mexican food, you know? Yeah. That type of thing. I get you. I get you, yeah. And then kind of, like, another thing that I wanted to get into was just – when a lot of artists get into kind of wanting to become an artist, they have that, that mental decision of like, how would I take that, both positive, negative feedback type of stuff? So, how did you, what, what advice would you give towards that, like on like people judging your work in a good and a bad way? Like, how did you take it? How did you kind of see that?
0: Um, I think it's everybody takes it their own way, but at the same time, you know, criticism is hard. Mm-hmm. It's always hard to be told no. Yeah, you know, like nobody likes being um, denied, like in any kind of aspect of their life. You know, like everybody has that that fear of just being turned down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's definitely a lot of that. You yeah. know, there's a lot of being told no as an artist. Mm-hmm. If you're an artist and you've just been told yes, like like that, that to me would be crazy. Yeah, you just got, got lucky, yeah. Type of thing. yeah. Well, was, yeah, yeah. So it's just like one of those things like getting told no, like for, for whatever, for like jobs and gigs and, Mm -hmm. you know, shows and, you know, there's so many things I would have loved to be a part of, but, you know, it just wasn't meant for me at the time. Mm
1: -hmm. And did you take it like as a, as a good thing? Like you're kind of glad that that happened? Like those no's became no's?
0: Um, yeah, in a way. Yeah. There's been definitely a lot of instances, instances, especially recently where I'm like, oh, thank God that that happened. Because if that didn't happen... I wouldn't be able to take on this current project yeah so it's just you know eventually you will end up exactly where you need to be but for the most part as long as you have love for your craft you mm-hmm. know there's there's no way you can go wrong even if you're being told no mm-hmm. you know even if you're being even if you're being i guess i guess it's more like just being genuine with yourself and people yeah. will see that through your artwork. Mm-hmm. You know, your artwork is definitely good about expressing that.
1: Not trying to replicate somebody else, trying to be like somebody yeah. else. And I always tell people that I'm like, well, you can't be them because they grew up a completely different with a completely different, like structure or like a whole family type of thing. Like than you, so like you're never going to be them no matter how hard, you try, how hard you try to be them, you know? Yeah. So it's very different.
0: Well, cause I know personally, like I used art as therapy growing up because mm-hmm. you know, I went through a lot of traumatic things as a kid um, so I used art. So there's, there's this weird meme that, that says like the two things you need for to be a good artist is like one of them, like was saying like supplies and then there was instead paint, but the paint was covered up a little bit. So it just said pain.
1: Oh, so you just need
0: paint and art supplies. And yeah. it's like, you know, like it's kind of true because a lot of, a lot of my skill came from. Just you know repetitive repetitive nature of just picking up that pencil and drawing mm. the same thing over and over again and it's funny because i get told that all the time like oh man you have a god's you definitely have a gift for it like a god's gift for it and i'm yeah. like you know what everybody has that gift mm-hmm. it's just you know some people don't want it that bad like me i would draw all the time just to you know like not have to deal with certain situations as a kid but, you know, from that repetitive nature, it's just like taking one step in front of the other. Eventually, you know, you do that long enough, you can walk miles. Mm-hmm. So it's just been utilizing that that repetitiveness of drawing the same thing over and over again that has helped refine that skill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you build it, you start loving it more and more and respecting it for what it is.
1: Yeah. I completely agree with all that. And kind of, I wanted to ask you this as like, as like both on the both side of like a business owner and a gallery. Mm-hmm. And then also as an artist is the whole pandemic thing last year. Was that like, how did that, how did you overcome some of the challenges you faced that like as a, as a gallery? And then what things did you learn from it? Different mm-hmm. stuff as an artist, maybe how did that help you as an artist?
0: It definitely helped me by not trusting people so much. Okay. Yeah. Uh, definitely it, it helped show where like certain things should be focused more on mm-hmm. for sure. Because I always thought, oh, a gallery is just going to be focused on like some of these like smaller aspects, but no, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty intricate and yeah, it's, it's hard to get people on the same page with you sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, it's taught me a lot of patience, a lot of understanding, a lot of, I guess, just forgiveness. You know, there's a lot of people that come into your lives and just
1: they weren't they, they weren't there. they yeah. for a good reason. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's a lot of just forgiveness and just letting things go and just not focusing on other people's artwork, but morally just focusing on your own because that's one thing that this spot is. It's a piece of artwork. You know, it's yeah. it's that love's put in there and it's that aspect that, you know, it's constantly changing. Mm-hmm. It's its own art piece in a way. So it's like, it's a way of, it's like kind of like a love letter to El Paso and the art scene that I have for. Him.
1: Yeah. And if, and if there's one piece of like, like genuine advice, whether it comes from you or like an artist or anybody who you looked up to before has given you like, what would that one piece be towards creators and artists that you would um, want to give them?
0: Just be humble. Humility goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I don't know i just to me i'm always looking back as to where i came from and where the opportunities that other people have given me in the past you know some people have helped me out tremendously just by you know words of encouragement Mm -hmm. words of affirmation sort of say but at the same time like you know that those no's help push you to become better as well yeah so it's just giving and taking from little situations what you want out of it Mm -hmm. You can take something negative and make it something negative you know or you can take something negative and turn it into kind of something like a whole positive. mindset type of thing like yeah
1: you know how's the way you think is in a way that your life's gonna pretty much go yeah type of thing and here comes out that, that golden question that i asked you in the very beginning was like something that you know now that you wish you would have known when you first got started what would that one thing or it could be multiple things It doesn't be one thing what would that be damn yeah
0: that one's still a hard <laughs> one to it
1: is it's a very hard one a lot of people always say it's hard
0: I don't know because I feel like a lot of knowledge would have came in handy, but at the same time, I wouldn't be able to make those risks having had that mm-hmm. that foresight, you know. Like, so to me, I'm just if I some if I knew something now, I think it'd just be more of a positive attitude.
1: Have more of a positive attitude, yeah, which just
0: about. Going things... Because I used to be, like, really pessimistic all the time. Yeah. Always have, like, the negative mentality. Like, always, oh, things are going to go... Or the worst possible way. And... Mm -hmm. Which is crazy because opening this spot, we... It was like fucking Disneyland. Nothing worked. (laughs) (laughs) It was, like, the first day of opening on Disneyland. We opened up the spot and the whole breaker went out. And we had to, like, change all the fuses out. Like, go from a a fuse-type breaker box to like a more beefy standard size one. Mm -hmm. So just like little things that I'm like, Oh my God, like things are going wrong. Like, well, guess what? It's going to get even worse. So it's, it's about having a positive mindset because it's going to prepare you for even when the worst does come, you know?
1: Yeah. Would you say it kind of to like expect the worst in a way or not expect the worst,
0: but you know, just know that there's no controlling. Like Mm -hmm. you, you can't really control everything in your life and there won't be an there will be aspects in your life where it just seems out of control yeah but just having a good mindset about it will change everything
1: which piece of like 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 artwork that you've done really had like a a big impact on you like making that piece
0: mm, like, I, i'd say the i heart ep i
1: Heart ip yeah yeah
0: because that's how like the balloon started um was with gus so when they were first opening and we were like barely opening too and i got to meet gus from across the street at old sheepdog and he was telling me about how his wife, Brisa, how her aunt and uncle were actually killed in the August 3rd shooting. Mm-hmm. And so when they told me about that, I just, I just thought of something like cute, something to like commemorate the victims by. And I was like, okay, well, we'll do an
1: iHeart EP. So I like the follow. whole Paso Strong thing, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because there was the El Paso Strong and then there was like a lot of controversy about a lot of the murals that were going up because like where's all the money going and all that. So, yeah. So I remember I was like, you know what, I was very hesitant about doing things like that because, you know, there's Yeah, you know, it's gotta come from a pure aspect. Mm-hmm. Cause if not, it like it'll come out in the wash at the end, you know?
1: Yeah. So something kind of something like visually that people can really feel like a part of and take yeah. pictures with type of thing. I did see a lot of pictures like that when like that happened, like people were going to your murals and stuff like that and like taking like like heartwarming feeling like emotional pictures with them because they it, it felt like a community type based. I yeah. Think. And it's that, like, yeah,
0: that was the point too, is just make it like something where the community could come out and just enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it kind of blew up from there. And, but the whole idea of having 23 murals, like one for each victim has like been there since the beginning. Yeah. It's just, I know it's really ambitious, <laughs> uh, especially with a bunch of other art projects I have going on. Yeah. Um. So it's just like, it's hard to keep up, but knowing that it, like in two years, you know, hopefully 10 will be up by the end of this year
1: yeah so so then so that's that's a really good goal that's a goal good at home yeah a good goal to have and everything and so before we end just kind of give yourself like a like a quick plug for the gallery for yourself and things that are coming up you know what are what are things you're expecting to happen here things like that
0: um okay so my name is tino ortega i'm the local owner here at galleria lincoln and i'm a muralist i'm an artist uh We luckily have this really great art project where we're going to be hopefully restoring the Lincoln Park murals here soon. Mm -hmm. And so we got a big team of artists selected that hopefully will be coming up in the next year. Yeah.
1: Like, you're just going you know, to just, like, remodel, like, everything with, like, local artists and everything. That'd be yeah, really cool. Yeah, so we're
0: going to have a new flair. We're going to be crowdfunding and uh, reaching out and hopefully getting new sponsors. And That'd be really, really cool. It's really
1: cool. It'd be amazing. Where we, can people, like, reach out to you, like, if they want to, like, contact you, maybe be a part of it, too, type of thing?
0: Um. So, well, you can follow the gallery. The gallery page is Galleria Lincoln at, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we have a Facebook as well where they could follow O-R-T-E-G-T-I-N-O uh on instagram too so that's orteg you know Mm -hmm. and i'll be posting a lot of information here hopefully soon within the year about just crowdfunding for these murals and just getting uh, getting these murals back up.
1: Yeah. And it's always cool when you do things here because you always partner with the brewery, like Old Sheep Dog. Yeah. It's like you guys always have like a, like a new beer release or something and it brings a good crowd out. And it's a good crowd, you know, like it always feels like everybody's here to have a good time, enjoy themselves, things like that. So yeah. hopefully things stay like that. Like yeah. Well, hopefully
0: um, for March, we'll have a big event for the Cesar Chavez Day here. Okay. So we're looking to extend into like the markets uh, because... If you've been here for the like the Lowrider events for Cesar Chavez Day or mm-hmm. or the Hispanic Heritage Month, you know you, there's big crowds and there's actually a lot of opportunity to expose people to the arts that typically wouldn't be exposed to them. So yeah. the idea that we can, you know it to them is very important as well
1: yeah that's that's really awesome to do so is there any last things that you want to mention before we kind of end out the episode things like that
0: um yeah they could check out the gallery at uh 3915 rosa avenue and old sheepdog brewery across the street is at 3900
1: Pro Seven, cool, awesome. and So you make sure you guys go check them out. It's an amazing brewery across the street. um They've been here for like I guess like longer than or like were you guys like here the same time or was it like, um, were they so here they, like they were here
0: like maybe a year before setting up and then they opened like maybe like almost like a month right before we did.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. So it's 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 an amazing spot. Like it's also like a very hidden gem here in the past. It's like if you know about it, like you you fall in love with it type of thing. And so make sure you guys come check them out. Make sure you guys go hit up Tino. And um, I thank you so much for like taking the time to be here and everything, like do the episode here, um, opening up for us and everything, too. So so thank you so much for that. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank, Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it.